All right, well, good morning, DSBC. How are we doing? Good, good. It is a joy and honor to, to be here this morning and uh, to preach the word, uh, to proclaim God's message to his people. Um, I'm excited to be here. And um, as Pastor Caleb said, uh, obviously he's on sabbatical and whatnot. Uh, I serve as executive pastor of Mission and Vision at Roosevelt Community Church, downtown Phoenix. And they send their greetings as well. I'm going to be here this morning, but also I'll be here next week as well. So we're going to be doing a, a quick little back-to-back -back series. And we're going to be talking about how God reveals himself. So that's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to be doing this, at least today, from the book of Psalms. So if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them up to the book of Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm 19 verses 1 and 2, Psalm 19, verses 1 and 2. And while you're turning there, um, one thing about the, the book of Psalms is I love because it's commonly called the book of praise. Uh, all throughout the book, there's many different prayers to God, many different songs to God. Um, it's even what we call laments. Uh, a lament is a cry out to God in your present circumstances that you may be going through. All throughout the book of Psalms, it's so many good things that I think that we can learn and glean from as we read it, as we pray through it, and even as we, as we preach it. It's the longest book in the Bible, and um, it is an amazing book. Psalm 19, 1 through 2, what I want to do is let me just read it real quick. It's just two verses. And then I'm going to pray, and then we are going to dive in. Psalm 19, 1 and 2. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We come before you asking for your, your grace, your mercy, and your love. So thankful that we get to be here in this building to, to gather, to sing songs to you, to take communion, to, to witness a baptism. That Romans 6, 4 passage is very integral as we think about what it means to be risen and raised with newness of life. Thank you for the men and women who are here, those that are participating online, and those that were not able to make it. We ask that you be able to be present with us as we hear your word. As I always ask, Lord, please hide me behind the cross so that your word will get proclaimed and your people will be encouraged because ultimately we want to glorify you, edify your church, and yes, advance your kingdom. <clears throat> All these things we ask and we pray in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen. Um, I like to label my message this morning, How God Reveals Himself, Part 1. How God Reveals Himself, Part one. By the way, real quick, too, um, I think there's something going around with baptisms on November 14th because my church is actually 
We're doing baptisms as well. I got a pastor friend um, uh, that's, that their church is doing baptisms as well. And then you guys are, did a baptism. So I don't know what's going on on November 14th, but I like it. I like it. Um, I preached here before, so I can say that we're friends, but I like to just say that we're family, right? And with that, I'd like to share some family news. My wife and I, uh, we are expecting. <laughs> yep. So my wife is a, a chef, and she makes amazing, amazing food. I have the privilege of taste testing everything. And uh, this was her idea to have this little uh, little chef coat and all of that. And she posted on social media. There's another picture here as well. So, yes, June 2022, um, we, we'll, we'll, we'll have a kid. So I'm super, ex <laughs> super excited about that. A quick story uh, that I think is important to share as we think about um, what it means to, to reveal something is, um, so um, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, I was preaching at our church, and um, typically after service, I like to have that Sunday nap. That Sunday nap, it is, it is amazing if you get a chance to do it. For whatever reason, that particular Sunday, I was not able to get that nap. Um, and we had to go over our friend's house. And as we were in, the in our house, about to actually leave out, uh, my wife, she just started to not feel well. And she said she had to go to the bathroom. She goes upstairs and she starts throwing up, all this type of stuff. She said I can share her story, so it's all good. <laughs> and um, she throws up and, and whatnot. So after she's done, I don't know what... Um, why I said this, but I said, hey, just take a pregnancy test. Um, so she takes a pregnancy test, and then um, she's upstairs, I'm downstairs, and then she says, babe? And my response was, what up? <laughs> and then there was this weird, awkward silence. So then I run upstairs, and then she's all happy and excited and even emotional. She's crying and all this stuff. And she says, we're pregnant. And my response was, no, you're pregnant. <laughs> all right. So then it was this, it was this cool uh, experience and cool time. Uh, but she wanted to, to, to reveal something to me. She wanted to, to show me something about her and even about essentially what was going to be happening. She showed me with the pregnancy test, and I wanted to be sure, so I said, hey, maybe you should take another one. So then she took a second one and showed that she was pregnant. And then I said, for the Trinity, let's do another one. <laughs> so she took the third one. <laughs> And show that she was pregnant. But essentially, she wanted to reveal something to me, right? In our passage this morning, God reveals himself to us through what we call general revelation. And it reveals the glory of God. Um, 
If you don't remember anything else from this passage, from this message this morning, it's going to be on the screen here. You can actually write this down if you're a note taker. God reveals himself through general revelation, and it reveals his, his glory. When we think about how God reveals himself, the first aspect is through general revelation. For those that may not know what general revelation is, general revelation is the self-disclosure of God to human beings. This comes through natural creation, but it also comes through the human conscience. Y'all know what the conscience is, right? That is that independent factor within all of us that tells us if we're doing something we're not supposed to be doing. It's that internal mechanism, that internal sensory that tells us you shouldn't be doing this or you should be doing that. That's called the conscience. You may even heard many people may have a quote-unquote guilty conscience. It's because that Mechanism is saying, oh, no, bro, oh, no, sis, you are wrong. I would argue that God communicates and reveals himself through that idea of conscience. But today we're going to focus particularly on creation, the natural creation. The main point of verse 1 is really simple. Heavens declare. Heavens being subject and declare being the verb. That's what it actually is saying, and this is the main point of this particular verse. And the original language, for those that may not know, the Bible, the Old Testament in particular, was originally written in the Hebrew language. And in Hebrew, it literally says, the heavens are recounting the glory of God. That word recounting is this idea of, 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 of showing, of, of, of saying, of telling of God's glory. And I'll submit to you that there's two aspects to this idea of, of glory. First and foremost, we have to understand that there is what we call ascribed glory. Ascribed glory means that we ultimately worship God, we, we sing praises to God, we, 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 we praise God for who he is. We are ascribing him glory by what we do. We ascribe glory to God this morning as we sung songs in Christ alone and all of the songs that we sung this morning. We are ascribing and praising God. That's called ascribed glory. But there's also another aspect of glory, what we call uh, intrinsic glory. This means that God in himself is intrinsically, is innately, is fundamentally awesome. Glorious. I like to say dope. God is intrinsically glorious. His majesty, his, 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 everything that you can think of, 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 of goodness is bound up in the creator of the universe. So when we think about glory, we have ascribed glory and we have intrinsic glory. And glory can be said and understood as some type of a, a weightiness. 
there's a heaviness of, of, of some sense that it's really kind of hard to really think about the glory of, of, of God. It's interesting because in Psalm 19, the, in the ancient Near East, the, the people of this day, they had different hymns and different songs that they would ascribe glory to, but they would ascribe it to nature. So in other words, nature, creation was deified in some sense. They thought about the sun god and the moon god and a different type of quote-unquote gods and idols and things of that nature. They would sing praises to those created things. Contrast from the pagan hymns, Psalm 19 doesn't deify nature. In fact, it personifies nature. Uh, it humanizes nature to a extent, which raises the chorus of praise not to the creation, but to the creator, the one true God of the universe. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is one, the one true God that we believe, the God of the Bible, ultimately is the one that deserves our praise and deserves our, our, our worship. This idea of it humanizing, we see here that it proclaims his handiwork. The voice of creation is not mute. The voice of creation is not silent. In fact, the voice of creation really shouts loudly and boldly of God's intrinsic glory. Amen? The first building blocks of a gospel worldview is to understand that God is the creator. He created heaven and earth. We see this in the first book of the Bible in Genesis. We see that God ultimately is just speaking things into existence. Let there be, let there be, let there be, and there was. God is speaking things because he is powerful. But when we see in Genesis 1 verse 26, when he creates mankind, when he creates humankind, this is where God comes down and gets his hands dirty. Because humankind, human beings, people like me, me and you, we are the crown and glory of God's creation. The only thing in the world that bears the imprint of God is human beings. We are the crown and glory of his creation. We were created in his image and his likeness. To understand a worldview, a Christian worldview, God is the creator. That's where we have to start. His creation proclaims his, his, his handiwork. If you think about the famous painter, Leonardo da Vinci. He's one of the, the greatest painters in the history of, of art. Many of you know the, the, the famous painting of the Mona Lisa, which is a very, very popular painting. Apparently, it's been stolen and found many different times. But it is a very fascinating piece of artwork. 
And when we look at the Mona Lisa, we can see the details of the painting. We may even draw different interpretations of what this painting is saying or what it means. But we also understand and get knowledge about the painter, the artist, the one who created that masterpiece. We can know certain things about that particular artist. The, hand, the, the handiwork is being proclaimed as we see it. I would argue the same is true when we think about God's creation. When we look at the sun, when we look at the trees, when we look at all of his creation, the different mountains that we see, it is screaming and yelling out that there is a God. This verse tells us that the heavens declare, but it also shows us that and it reveals knowledge. We see this in verse 2. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There it is, general revelation. It's general in the sense that everybody can see it. Whether you live in America, whether you are in Argentina, whether you are somewhere in Africa, whether you are in Canada, it's general. All types of people can be able to see God's glory by nature. Have you ever thought about the question, how can we know things? How can we be certain of things? This is the question of uh, epistemology for those who've been in a first semester philosophy class. How can we know things? Well, first we can know by general revelation. Day after day, the text says that it pours out speech. Have you ever saw something that wasn't saying anything, but was saying a whole lot? For instance, um, as a kid, I did some things I wasn't supposed to do, right? So my parents would constantly, um, I would get disciplined and stuff like that, right? I remember one time with my mom, who is, she's, she's a funny, she's a very funny woman. I love her. Um, I did something I wasn't supposed to do. I don't want to get into the story of all, but I just did something I wasn't supposed to do. And when I looked at her, she had this look on her face. Let me tell you, the, the SBC, she didn't say a word. But by the look on her face, she was saying a whole lot, right? You can be saying something without saying something. I know it sounds like a contradiction, but it's true. One of the things that my wife and I, we love to do is we like to travel. Um, we've traveled a bunch of different places, and um, I've been told from the people who have kids that we did it right because we traveled before we had kids. 
But here's a picture of us going to, we went to Hawaii. This picture here. And we've been to Hawaii twice. We, their six-year six anniversary, we went to uh, Kona, the, the, the big island, as they say. Uh, the big island of Hawaii, as they say. Then we went this year to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. We went to Maui. Maui is amazing, great food, great water, great, it's really, really nice. It's really peaceful out there. And one of the things that we did in Maui to celebrate is we did this thing called the Road to Hana. Yeah. Road to Hana is really cool, but if you are, if you get nauseous or anything like that, I want to warn you because it's like 620-something turns that you got to do. Somebody know what I'm talking about. And it gets... You know, it's really interesting. Uh, a couple of different times I thought we were going to fall off and die, but the Lord is gracious. Amen. So um, when you get to the road to Hana, it's just this long road that you, that you travel. And uh, put, if you can put the picture back up. So this is where we, we got off at, and we, um, you could do some hiking, and you could do this. We saw this black sand beach over there on the left. You could, it's the black sand beach. Um, by the way, this is no filter. This is a literal picture. And it's even better if you're like up close like I was. And I remember before I took this picture, I took a real big deep breath and I was just like, wow, this is amazing. I mean, look at the details of all of this. You can see in there, there's a coral reef. If you look closer, the different shades of blue in the water. If you look even closer, there's even like a couple people swimming in it. It even, even, it even has a warning. It says stay on trail so you don't fall off and, and, and get hurt. Uh, but this is a picture of general revelation. This picture here reveals something, yes, about God's creation, but it reveals something about the one who created it. This is a masterpiece. This is, this is beautiful. This is good. It's amazing. It's glorious. Right? One thing that we can take away from this is God is a masterful artist and reveals himself through his creation. And he does it for his glory. So as we come to a close, there are a couple things I want to just offer up as we think about general revelation as a way of how God ultimately reveals himself to us. What should this do in us? Well, one, I think we should just be in awe of who he is. We should just be in awe and wonder and amazement of who God is. When you see something that has been created so well, so awesome, so good, it should be like, wow. There's an awe. There's an amazement. There is a, a joyfulness that you have when you see something like that. So you should be in awe of him. The second thing I would also say is we should praise God for who he is. This picture, these pictures, wherever you have gone, Maui's just one place you can go in the world. Maybe it's the Grand Canyon here in Arizona or somewhere. You can look at something and see general revelation, how God revealed himself, and you can praise him. 
you can praise God for being the creator that he is. The awesome creator that he is. The same exact way that people back in the day would look at the sun and the moon gods and they would praise the creation, I would argue that we should praise the creator. It should cause us to worship God. And the third thing I would also say is, yes, be in all of him, praise him, but I would also say it should draw us to believe and trust in him. It should cause us to believe and trust in this powerful person that can create something so wonderful. Many people are here this morning from different backgrounds, different seasons of life. Perhaps you're here and you are, maybe you're in a season of just struggle and doubt. Maybe you have a tough thing going on with your children right now. Maybe you're here and you're a single mom or a single dad. Maybe you're here and you're in this stage of deconstructing your faith. Maybe you're here and you grew up in a church and you know the Bible. Or maybe you're here and you're on the edge of your seat just waiting for a breakthrough. My encouragement is, and I don't want to forget the people that are also online. Maybe you're in your kitchen office. Maybe your kids are yelling at you and you can't hear nothing I'm saying. (laughs) Wherever season of life, wherever you're at, my encouragement is believe and trust in Jesus. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. Doesn't mean that everything's going to be all peachy and creamy. But it does mean that God will not give up on you. That God is faithful. That he's near to the brokenhearted that he loves and gives good gifts to his children. General revelation can reveal to us that there is a God, but just knowing that there is a God doesn't mean you're in right relationship with him. Just because you know some intellectual thoughts and facts about God, it doesn't mean that y'all are on the same page. I want to submit to you, to be on the same page with God. He's revealed himself through his creation. And being on the right page and being in right standing with God means that we come humbly to the cross of Christ. Where there's forgiveness, where there's grace, where there's mercy, where there's joy. Because on the cross, Jesus shed his blood for people like you and He shed his blood so that we can have eternal life, so that we can believe in the gospel of the kingdom. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, we can be friends with him and no longer enemies. He can bridge the gap. First Timothy talks about how he is the mediator between God and man. He's the bridge that brings us together. By believing and trusting in him, we can have eternal life and we can have life more 
abundantly. This gospel that we preach, that we believe, not only saves us, but it sustains us. So maybe you're here and you are a believer and you believe the gospel. I would argue, well, we all need more of the gospel. Because it sustains us to be in relationship with, with God. And think about this. General, general revelation tells us that there's a God, but we need special revelation to give us more of who God is. And I'm going to talk more about special revelation next week. But think about this thought. The God-man, Jesus Christ, who created everything, dies on a cross, on wood that he created. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, the Messiah King, the anointed one, <laughs> revealed himself on a cross for people like you and me. We don't deserve it. In fact, we deserve death. But through God's grace and his mercy, as Psalm 103.8 says, he's compassionate, he's merciful, he's slow to anger, he's abounding in steadfast love. My encouragement is for you to cry out and trust and believe in Jesus and the gospel for salvation and so that you can be in right relationship with him. So what I want to do is uh, I'm going to have the band come up. And as the band is coming up, I really want us to, to, to contemplate and to reflect and to think about on the, on the things that we just talked about, that we just said. And then I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray this prayer to our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we love you and we come before you. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to rescue us from the penalty of sin. Rescuing us from hell. Rescuing us from ourselves. Lord, we thank you for who you are, what you have done in the past, what you're doing right now, and what your word says that you will do in the future. Philippians 1.6 says, And he who began a good work in you will complete it at the day of Christ Jesus. You are doing a work in us. So, Lord, we ask that you continue to do that work. And we know that your word will never come back void. We know what your word says, and we bank on that. I pray for the men and women who are here, those that are online, Lord, those that were not able to make it, that ultimately we can have this anchor in you. No matter what the trials and the storms of life may bring, that we can still cling on to Lord, we thank you. We love you. Give you all of the praise and all of the glory.
And the church said, Amen. Amen.